And I am Becky Griggs. We're two millennial pals living at opposite ends of the earth and here to discuss all things that keep you up late at night. We sure are. And then each week, one of us is going to reveal a topic and then we're going to discuss our initial impressions. After that, the host with the most, or you know, the one covering this week's topic, uh, will lead us into a triple D deep dive discussion. You betcha. And then we're going to snuggle up with some cheeky little segments at the end of the episode. You betcha. Topic announcement. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> it's my turn this week. Yeah. Um, It's going to... Uh, be all about having difficult discussions. And um, all of my uh, research here is based off of the book Talking Across the Divide by author Justin Lee. Um, Becky, how do you how do you feel about this? Happy, sad, scared, Ooh. angry? Having difficult discussions. Uh, yikes. Big old scared. Big old scared. Oh, sorry. A bit angry. Oh, angry. Ooh, ooh. Why? I've tried to have some difficult discussions with. Gonna keep it vague, but with some with people who like haven't been very respectful mm-hmm. back about it, and like mm-hmm. that's difficult. Yeah, scared and angry. There we go. Most okay. scared because yikes, confrontation. <clears throat> All right, yeah. mm-hmm. friends and family. Yikes. I freeze when confronting people. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and I tell them everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard, but uh, I'm really, I'm, I'm excited to get into this because I feel like a lot of people everywhere are having to have difficult conversations, discussions, wherever you are. I mean, it's such a polarizing time. And. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Oh, yeah. Skibbity bop. It's weird. It's scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So but this is a fun podcast. This is so a don't fun worry. Po- <laughs> this is a fun podcast. Um, We're just yeah, going to talk about the U.S. election. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just wanted to give people though, like some tools where yeah, absolutely because yeah, I just, I just feel like. You know, it's like we're being handed all of this information and then, yeah, it's just like, how how do we best communicate to each other, especially when we're like on opposite ends of like maybe like the political spectrum, whatever it is. So, yeah. Should we uh, maybe take a pause for a uh, quick break? Yeah, let's have a little break and then let's come back and chat about some difficult. Let's have a nice Easy discussion about <laughs> difficult discussions. Fantastic. BRB. BRB. Hi, we're, we're the, the rabbits. rabbits, a folk duo from England. We'd love for you to listen to our latest EP, Seeking Shade. Find it on www.therabbits.com or on your favourite streaming platform. And remember, it's the rabbits with two T's. If only I could hear you. Becky burped because it's after midnight. (laughs) And she's got a difficult digestive system. (laughs) The third member of our podcast. (laughs) Maybe you need to have a difficult discussion um, with your digestive system. Um, (laughs) Maybe have a difficult discussion with the plane that's flying over. Hi, we're actually back from the break now. Yeah, we actually are. Can you believe it? Welcome. Welcome back. The difficult discussion. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Seems like, uh, yeah, yep, yep. It's Mm -hmm. after midnight, so uh, we're going to dive into this. 
We sure um, are, baby. Yeah. Like I was saying at the beginning, like my research is based off of this book called Talking Across the Divide by Justin Lee. And mm. so I wanted I wanted to start off to um, by talking about the author of this book, um, Talking Across the Divide. Um, so his name's Justin Lee. And something I think is really interesting about him is that um, if you look up his bio, he talks about growing up as um, a Southern Baptist. And um, he said that as a kid, he described himself as like being preachy while he was growing up. He, he was saying that being raised in such a conservative household, you know, he was raised believing that, you know, being gay is a choice. Ah, whoops. Yeah, oopsie. And then one day he realizes that he's gay. What's really cool, though, is that as he's gone through this process with himself of trying to break that misunderstanding that he grew up with, he still identifies as being Christian. And now he's working with the LGBTQ plus community and their families, especially if they come from a religious family. And um, he's just trying to bring everybody together. And wow, that was really cool. I like that a lot because that that would be like that's a really hard thing for like young people to go through. If they grew up Christian and in a space where they were like being gay is a choice, being gay is wrong, yeah, and then realizing that they're gay, that's really really hard, yeah, because it's your whole worldview and everything has to shift, and that's mm-hmm. not an easy thing to do. I mean, I can't even imagine like the amount of shame you'd have to unpack yeah. there because, you know, you get raised being told like this thing is a choice and maybe not good. That would be earth shattering, <laughs> you know, but I, I think it's really cool that like this has informed his work. And I think this is going to be a really, really interesting topic to talk about. Absolutely. Especially in the the year of our Lord, 2020. Oh. Oh. It could have... Uh, I just, I don't like 2020 at all. This year alone, just like the stress of it all. Like I'll have days mm-hmm. where I'm like, you know what? I'm handling this okay. I'm, I'm doing fine. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know, man. Like I, I was saying to my partner, Eddie, it's like, it doesn't matter if it's uh, work life or personal life. It's just like, shit's crazy right now. Like you can't escape it. Yeah. I saw a thing that was like, oh, it's so hard being single in a pandemic. And then I say other things. It was like, it's also really hard being in a relationship in a pandemic. Yeah. Everyone is strained. Whether if you're single, then you get a little bit extra lonely than normal mm-hmm. because you're always at home. Yeah. But then if you're in a relationship and you live with your partner, you're always with your partner. Yeah. Which is also can be a bit of a challenge. Yeah. So it's like overall, I would say that the common denominator there is the fact that we're in a global pandemic. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just things that are normally hard. Yeah. Just amplified. Yikes. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Yikes. And I think, mm-hmm. I think too, in a good way, like with how everything is feeling amplified, even in our personal lives and whatnot, it's like, it's really coming to light to things with racism. Um, <laughs> you know, calling out politicians on what they're doing and that it's not okay. I mean, there's just, there's so many things. So, it's exhausting, but I want to, I want to try and, uh, and get into this and figure out, um, a way that we can, we can talk with everybody, have those difficult chats. And, um, yeah, yeah. something I think is really interesting is that like, you know, um, I haven't seen the social dilemma yet, but I know they, um, like I've heard, they talk about like how the internet's an echo chamber right now. And it is, it is so scary. You could search the exact same thing as another person, but because there's all these algorithms and Mm -hmm. they're constantly following our personal data, that the results are going to become so personalized to that person. Yeah. My partner's in Ohio right now and he could type in, in Ohio proof of climate change and he's going to get a different result than I'm going to get here in, in Canada, in BC. Yeah. And so that's really scary too, because it's just like, you know, even, even when you're trying to find um, diversity within your own information, it's, very difficult. It's very difficult. They want they want you to stay on there because everything is a fucking business. Yeah. And it's just all like 
how can we get the most money out of this person? How can we keep them on here for as long as possible? Yeah. So they're just going to confirm your own biases. Yeah. Confirmation bias, am I right? Hell yeah. Friends, I was thinking about this. If I scroll through Twitter, my view of the world is, oh, everyone's pretty left wing and everyone has mm-hmm. the same views as me because that's what I see on Twitter. Yeah. Whereas someone else scrolling through is going to see a bunch of stuff confirming their own beliefs. Yep. So it's like, I have, to, I also try and keep that in mind if I'm going to have a difficult discussion with someone, if everyone around them is saying like everything that they see is confirming what they think, of course, it's going to be difficult if I challenge that yeah. or vice versa. It, do, I was even, I was even thinking like, I should start to follow like things like Fox News it, just to wake me up of like uh, actually seeing the different opinions out there and seeing like what different concerns there are on these different news sources. Because it can help inform your discussions that you have if you understand exactly the other side of it. Exactly. People always think that their side is right. That's part of yeah. it. And then I think just the current political climate and global climate of things has just force those two extremes further apart which is a problem we need some some unity some stage somehow yeah i thought something that was interesting was that um according according to this book that um research um has consistently shown that when a group of people with like-minded opinions get together those opinions tend to become more extreme so the internet has exacerbated this and um (laughs) the effect is known as group polarization and oh baby yeah we talked about that at university Ah. i've heard that phrase yeah i have an education (laughs) (laughs) that i don't use for anything you have more than me <laughs> um justin our author let's pretend he's here um oh boy justin what's, what's up? up justin he said that in 1951 uh there was this uh psychologist who um his name is solomon ash and he conducted a uh a study if you get a unified group of people and they're all agreeing on the same thing and no one speaks up like then no one will change their mind or no one will really start to engage in critical thought essentially. But he found that if one person spoke up in this group and said, I don't know about this, just asked a question that immediately people would start to engage in critical thought and go, Oh, I don't know if this is true. I don't know if I necessarily agree with this and form their own opinions. So, um, yeah, yeah. That, um, and the thing is, uh, you can be that one voice, Becky. (laughs) You can break the barrier of the echo chamber and provide a powerful dose of reason and healthy dissent. Hell yeah. We're going to do that at Christmas and make everyone uncomfortable. Great. Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. It's Canadian Thanksgiving. So, hey. Oh, yeah. Hey. That's a good time for it. They try to ask you about your dating life. You're like, no, what do you think about the political climate in the States? You want to ask me if I'm what, what, what I'm doing for my career? I'm going to ask you about politics. Neither of us want to talk about either of those things, but guess what? We're going to. But yeah, let's be that one voice. Break the barrier. Right. Of the echo chamber and be like, beepity boop. No. The thing is, too, uh, I, I think this is a really good point, but um, they say, too, when, uh, when someone tries to convince a person that they're wrong, an argument ensues, of course, but... Arguments aren't ever going to get us very far um, because, I mean, people are just going to double down on their opinion more. So the thing is, we need a tool that's going to avoid arguments. Ooh. Uh, Justin suggests we use something called strategic dialogue. Ooh, a strategic dialogue. Right, right. Um, that sounds really cool because, yeah, the that's a big problem I've had is when I have arguments with people Oh, essentially, yeah, having arguments, that's kind of a problem because, of course, you're going to – it's it's really hard. For example, even if someone does have some good points and you're like, oh, maybe they actually are right, it's really hard when your own opinions are so ingrained and when everything around you tells you you're correct, you're correct, you're correct, and then someone's like, no, you're not. Yeah. You're not going to listen to them. Yeah. Why would you listen to them? Like, and especially, too, because I think in our culture, like, so far, it's like – 
we haven't really offered much forgiveness for people when they do want to change their opinion, you know, like, yeah, we really don't. It's not, it's not welcomed. And I feel like when people do change their opinions, there's just like a lot of shame associated with it. And I think it's one thing for them to deal with their own internal shame, but I mean, it just sucks when like outwardly people are going and shaming you. And again, it's hard with this polarization because everyone's just so freaking mad that, you know, it's like, are we really thinking of each other's feelings right now? <laughs> yeah. And it's hard because with an argument, part of me goes, I need to keep emotion out of this uh, and just have a proper discussion. Yeah. But then it's hard because so many topics are so emotionally charged that removing emotion from something mm-hmm. isn't as simple as just, just don't feel emotions about the emotions are relevant and important, but then also can become a problem. So it's like, finding that balance um yeah but yeah i'm wondering strategic dialogue oh, yeah. is that gonna is that gonna help is that gonna oh, help me yeah baby the thing is like once we're in an argument like neither side is really listening to each other because like you were saying with opinions and being like you know i i think the world's this way and you think it's this way i i mean yeah we're not we're not engaging in listening We're just trying to find loopholes to continue to prove our point correct. Um, He says dialogue is what's going to allow us to create the kind of receptive, open-minded environment that's going to lead us to real uh, communication. And so the thing is, like, the first thing you need to do is to get the person you're talking to to be open to the basic idea of listening to you. But the thing is, you have to show that you're also willing to listen to them. Right. So, you know, no interruption, even if they're saying stuff that is just like making your blood boil, you just, you, you got to process it and you got to listen to, mm-hmm. to them because otherwise they're not going to feel respected, but that's hard because that's emotionally exhausting too. Yeah. I find like when I'm, I'm in like difficult conversations, like that's what takes me out is I'm just like, I'm trying to actually emotionally regulate myself while I'm listening to the other person. Yeah. That's really the emotional regulation. is really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when it's about like right now, so many of the difficult discussions Mm -hmm. that are going to be happening Mm -hmm are really emotionally charged. Like the world that we're in right now is just full of emotion and everyone's scared and angry and tired. And the consensus that everyone's like, 2020 sucks. Mm -hmm. Everyone's having a bad time. So there's going to be just so many emotions layered and Mm -hmm. layered on top of everything, even more extreme than it would have been in like in 2016 before that election. Like so much has happened since then. So much. Yeah. Oh my God. What they say here though is like, even though this is going to be emotionally exhausting, like try to focus on listening to what the other person's concerns are and why they believe the things that they do. Um, Like, just truly take that into consideration. And so, like, this is the first step where you're gathering information. We got to show patience. If you want somebody else to hear your side of the story, you have to be reciprocal and you have to be respectful and show that you're open to hearing their side. Yeah, this is something that I need to hear, to be honest. (laughs) Because I've been getting really angry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dude, I hear you. I, I, I... I, I, I do too. I also though get really um, nervous to talk about some things because I think because there's such a conflict of information right now that even when I say I've searched multiple news sources, um, I've gathered different opinions when we're talking about this echo chamber we have right now, like I, I get nervous because I'm like, well, I don't, I don't even know if I can trust that because the freaking algorithms following me around, you know? Yeah, it's it's really hard. Like I had an I, I had like an extended family member uh-huh. that posted some stuff that I was like, mm, I disagree. And so I put together a bunch of like information with sources and all this stuff and was like, hey, this is this is what you this is the thing you posted and this is why you're wrong. Yeah. Um and of course he just ignored mm-hmm. it and didn't reply because like like I tried to do it in a way that was like hi I'm listening to you mm-hmm. this is why this is harmful mm-hmm. it's and for, from my perspective I was like but I'm being so reasonable yeah I did it in such a nice way and I gave him all these stats and all these things mm-hmm. and he just ignored it and didn't care mm-hmm. it's like that's 
because it's not that easy on the other side to be able to hear it and listen. No, no. And like they in turn like could feel, I mean, the thing is too, is like uh, one thing that really stuck out to me with this book is that Justin talks about like, you know, nobody wants to feel foolish, silly, or be embarrassed. And like, that's, that's what's happening when we're saying to people like, no, you're wrong. You know, nobody likes to hear they're wrong. (laughs) No, of course not. And sometimes too, I find like, yeah, even when you're like, okay, but I have all this information ready. It's really like how it's all about how we approach it, which we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Oh, this is something I thought was really important too, that the author said, he said, you might feel that listening is in some way validating the other person's opinion. Um, but no, it isn't. Um, you're simply making the effort to understand where the other side is coming from. If they can gather that you are listening, you're probably earning their respect. They're probably softening up to you to an extent, but it's going to take a lot more work than just that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a really good place to start. It just kind of reminds me of like when I used to do, I used to do debating when I was at school. Oh yeah. Uh, cause I was a big giant nerd. Um, and a big part of it was like in your research and prep, you have to research the other yeah. side. You basically have to prepare for both sides. And also in a debate, you have to listen to what yes. the other team is saying. Yes. You can't just ignore it and say your own thing. You don't you learn, you don't win debates that way if you just ignore them. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm talking school debates, not presidential debates, because <laughs> what the fuck was that? But, um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you have to listen to both sides. Yeah. To have a proper discussion. Absolutely. And this is the other thing, too. People want to feel heard, you know? We want... Mm. And we want validation of, like you know, whatever we're each talking about to feel, to feel like, you know, the person on the other end to some extent understands where that person is coming from. Um, right. And the thing is too, is it's like when you're having a discussion with somebody like this, like, I mean, my therapist does this with me all the time, but it's like you, you repeat back what you've heard from them. So when you hear that concern pop up, You know, maybe they say, oh, I'm so worried about the economy right now. And I just feel like if, you know, we continue to shut everything down, that we're going to be in such a horrible scenario. It's like you can internalize that and go, "Okay, I hear that they're really terrified about finances right now. And, you know, this is what they think the solution to them would be to help solve that economic issue. But it's like, okay, take that, take that into account. And then when you say, when you say that back to them, you know, I hear you, you're worried about money. I get it. I'm, I'm really worried about money too. We're creating that bridge. Because normally if someone said, if someone said to me right now, when I'm worried about the economy, my Uh knee jerk reaction is to be like, but people are dying. Mm -hmm. Who cares about the economy? Like you, you, I don't, care about their thing i just have my own rather than going that's understandable that you're worried about yeah the economy because you know market crashes the capitalism exists yeah uh, and it inherently can suck a bit sometimes uh without going too much into that discussion um yeah it's like that is a valid it's a valid Mm -hmm. concern yeah. It's not just like because my concern I feel is more important than yours, yours doesn't count. Mm-hmm. They're both there being worried about the economy and worried about people's health. Both, yeah. Both concerns that exist. And I think I um, I was listening to the New York Times, their podcast, The Daily, this week, and I thought they were interviewing this one woman who's um, an undocumented worker, and I thought what was so mm. fascinating was that you know, she was talking about not really being worried about catching, catching COVID because she, as an undocumented worker, she can't apply to get funds from anywhere or there are options for her in California. But the thing is like, she's so terrified that she could get put on a list. And then what if ICE goes and finds her? You know, like I, I was just like, wow, that really shone a light to me on too, like the privilege that I sit in 
because for me, I'm like, well, I'm a Canadian citizen. I'm not undocumented. Mm. So if I needed the help, I could apply for it. But yeah. So, you know, now we've listened. And um, the thing is, like, we got to start to get into the dialogue. Um, but the author says, beware. There's certain things guaranteed to foil your plan to engage in this conversation. Um, so he has, like, five barriers um, to to changing someone's mind. And so the first one he talks about is ego. And he's saying that, you know, ego represents our sense of self, our pride and who we are as individuals. So, um, when we confront others, that's why, you know, the defense goes up, like we were saying before. Um, and also I love this analogy he has. Um, he talks about how everyone is a complex hero in their own story, even flat earthers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so it's up to you um to reflect this by crafting a story as part of your strategic dialogue so if you Mm. if you paint the other person as the dumb villain you're not going to get very far but if you listen to their story and you understand their motivations and then integrate that narrative into your own story you're going to be way more convincing And like, I just was thinking too about how, you know, one of the reasons why I fell in love with acting in the first place and, and movies and TV and, and, and books and even video games. I mean, all in some extent, they're telling a story. And I like, I think there's also so many films that have taught me so much or to see things in a new perspective. Yeah. So yeah, I love, I love this idea of making the, like understanding that we're all our own protagonists. This is something else I think is interesting. When someone fervently believes in an irrational idea, they're often not alone. Um, So chances are there's a whole group of people out there believing the same thing, supporting one another and keeping the bad idea alive. (laughs) The Ku Klux Klan, maybe? Um. (laughs) Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think that's just such a good point though of how it's like these ideas they they come from they come from a group like we all have to yeah, be like they're people when people have irrational ideas they often have it for a reason yeah it didn't just come out of thin air so yeah. other people are going to have the same opinion yeah if you search for if you have any opinion at all if you look hard enough you'll find someone else who agrees totally and that's that's reddit not all yeah it truly is like and that's the problem now is that we have uh someone running the united states who's like white supremacy that's fine and everyone's like oh other people agree with me that i'm the best and i'm important and everyone else doesn't matter oh yeah it's just terrible how the republican party's just been co-opted by real dingleberries big time just yeah full-on dingleberries i hate that word I know it. you do, and that's why I, I hate dingleberries. It. It's just grosses me out. So, because I can, I can just picture it. It's got such a clear image. Yeah, and I hate it. Yeah, yeah, just like a little little turd hanging off a butt. Oh, with like a little hair in yeah. it. Oh, correct. Disgusting. Actually, an anus. Let's go for that. An anus. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Um, anyway, podcast. The podcast. Um, um, the the two more barriers to having a, su- a successful dialogue are going to be team loyalty and comfort. To clear team loyalty, uh, we need to keep listening. So you know you got to find out what draws people to this group in question. But more specifically, um, you need to find out what drew the person you're in discussion with to that group specifically. Were they experiencing some crisis and did this group offer them help in some way? Yada, yada, right? I mean, it's like we all want to feel like we're a part of something. And so, you know, whether it's like loneliness or, you know, just something real shit happened to you and your family or whatever, um, we usually try to find others. And you you think about like right now with whatever views that I have, Mm -hmm. if I suddenly switched and went like right wing or whatever, mm-hmm. I would lose all my friends. Oh yeah. Like I would have to start from the bottom, but like I would have to start again. Yeah. 
And that would be the same if you were on the other side, if you wanted to go, actually, I have now realized that I want to go to this mm-hmm. way a bit more, but all of your friends and family and loved ones are on one side, it's really hard to like lose that community that you have. Totally. And I mean, I think too, just even talking about this, like frustrates me too, with how like growing up, hearing so many people talk about like, or, or just knowing folks who are like, oh, I don't talk politics. And it's like, man, like, this is why we're all in the rut we're in. This is why we're terrible at communicating with each other. Did you watch Anola Holmes on Netflix? No. Is it good? Yeah, it's really cute. Um, it's very wholesome. Nice. You know? But um, yeah, so watching Anola Holmes, there's a, there's a character who is, she's a person of color and like Sherlock Holmes is a white dude. Um, and she like, what is it? I think he says something about, she says like something about politics and then he says like, oh, I don't, I don't talk politics. I don't like to discuss it. And then she says, what's the line? It's been like screenshotted around the place. People know the line. Oh, okay. You don't have to talk about politics. Of course, you don't want to change politics when they already suit you. Exactly. Or something along those lines. Yeah. It's, it's phrased better than whatever I'm butchering it right <laughs> now, but it's like, you don't have to. People who are like, oh, I don't like politics. I don't really want to talk about yeah. it. It's because it already fucking suits you. If you're mm-hmm. like, I'm not interested in politics. It's like that's because the world or around around you already works so you don't have to do anything about it. But for people, like it, this means people who are struggling then have to also fight. Yeah, and understanding that that's a privilege that you can feel like you can ignore it. And you're like, well, the world will keep on going. To not care about politics is a privilege. Yeah. And like, I, I do understand there's the boundary of sometimes you're like, I can't talk about it today. I'm a bit like when you get overwhelmed sure, and stuff. Sure, sure. Sometimes it's not. Take a break. Like, it's like when you have to not watch the news for a bit or whatever, not read the news sometimes because it just can be a bit all too overwhelming. Yeah. And you can, like, that whole thing. That's totally. fine. Mm-hmm. But it's more just the, like, mm, I don't like politics. Yeah. I don't talk about politics. Like that's because it suits you. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I really, I really believe that it's, it's like our, you know, our civil duty to try and stay, stay in the know to a certain extent. Like, like you were saying, mm-hmm. if it's, if it's about mental health and stuff, like, Hey, it's okay. We all need breaks. But, um, you know, I just, I, especially too, cause I think about, you know, a lot of marginalized folks and it's like, you know, they're also stuck in the situation of some people are so overworked and so exhausted and just trying to survive that they in turn can't pay much attention to politics because, because they're just trying to freaking live man and get by, you know? Yeah. So the thing to keep in mind too, is that even though people have like, they're part of this group and that's part of their growing identity, they're also going to have an individual identity as well. And so a great way to walk through this with someone is like, you're going to talk about your individual experiences and open yourself up to questions the other side may have about your group as well. Uh, Justin says it's important to get personal because people who want to be accepted in a group still want to be seen as individuals. And the thing is, it's like you can get get off on the right foot by entering the dialogue, like not as representatives of these different groups, but, you know, rather it's like Christina and Becky or Ingrid and mm-hmm. Alfred or PJ and Popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just it's just more endearing. You feel more connected. So then this is going to like allow us to like carefully raise a new discomfort that the other side hasn't thought of before right maybe they've been scared to even think about that like it's funny I think about yeah I think about even in my own life like there's things with how I operate or like what I do where I'd be like oh I'm not gonna go there I'm not gonna open that can of worms Mm. (laughs) you know um I think about like how I operated through diet culture my brain for so long was like if I try to be as skinny and pretty as possible success will come to me and yeah and then as a yeah Yeah. as i started to question that shit got real fucking scary (laughs) yeah it's i'm i'm kind of in the middle of that right Mm. now yeah i mean that's just an example of like how 
freaking hard it can be to change someone's mind. And I would say even with diet culture, like I've had so many friends where our friendships has been out of diet culture, you know, yeah. I don't really talk to a lot of them now. <laughs> yeah. It's like you were saying, you know, if you change your political opinions, you'd lose all your friends. Exactly. Yeah. You do. Like, and I've got some friends that are people that I've really cared about. Mm-hmm. And now I'm a bit like, I'm struggling because mm-hmm. our political opinions are different mm-hmm. and it's becoming more and more challenging for me to be able to deal with that. Yeah. But, but it's been, it's taken me months, if not like a year or two mm-hmm. to be able to acknowledge that I'm not okay with us having different because they're people that I really care about. And so I've been like almost just ignoring it yeah. and pretending that it's not there yeah. because that's easier than losing friends. It's really hard. I think too, especially now because it's just like so many human rights are on the line Yeah, and have been for a long time. But now there's this like new and like very urgent awareness and like stuff's just getting scary. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's it's hard, but this is a fun podcast. <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> Look, a podcast can inherently in in our in this year twenty twenty. It's only going to be so fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're trying. We're trying to be helpful and supportive cool we're so goofy wow, wow. oh my gosh some more quirk, quirky couple of gals just talking about the u.s politics yep, yep. um yeah okay so like how i was talking about how you know justin bridges the gap between um lgbtq plus folks and like maybe they're very conservative relatives and whatnot this is like an example bring up to people so he'll say a lot of people still believe the misconception that being uh that being gay is a choice um this belief becomes uncomfortable once they're made aware of just how much loneliness depression and uncertainty folks in the lgbtq plus community feel and he says to them you know why would someone choose to go through this but yeah i think i think it's great to like ask those questions and kind of and and I think also as well, it like a question like that saying like, you know, why would you choose to deal with loneliness, depression and just feeling so uncertain about your life and your choices? Like, I think that's something a lot of people can relate to, hopefully. Yeah. It's like a good it's a good connection. Um, also to Justin brings up that another, another barrier to your dialogue could be misinformation. Um, so if you're disagreeing with someone who's been misinformed, you should know that misinformation can come in different forms. Um, okay. So it could be that somebody was purposefully misled or they misinterpreted the real news. Oh, I feel like that gets really freaking dodgy too now because it's like, you know, yeah. what are our news sources? What is real? Oh, I know, I know. But he says that, um, so generally purposeful misinformation is easier to fight than a disagreement about interpretation. That's because having cold hard facts on your side can go a long way to convincing someone they need to reassess their beliefs. I would say though, man, I don't know if the diehard like Trump supporters, what's so scary is it's like, I mean, what people believe. QAnon or whatever. Oh yeah, QAnon. Yikes! But you know, uh, even when faced with factual inf- information, people can sometimes refuse to accept that their beliefs are wrong. This is what the author is saying. Yeah, yeah. And um, he said you can reduce the likelihood of this happening by being strategic by how you reveal your facts. That he says, please, for the love, do not sound condescending. Which I think is also real easy to do. Yeah, that one's difficult. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have to watch it with myself. We're like, uh, I think actually to you, my job has made me a better communicator because sometimes like I'll bring up things that like maybe this person just generally has no idea about, you know, and it's like I have to break it down for mm-hmm. them um, and just like. I mean, that's been a really great thing for me for personal growth to be like, you know, it's just like some people just don't have information at hand and like we need to make this palatable for them. Yeah. Um, 
to ensure like communication. Um, and, um, ah, okay. And so now the author says that a good method is to explain your own experience of how you uncovered the misinformation and found the truth. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, because it's like, here we are. We're like coming from the same place. Yeah. And then, you know, you're just being like, but hey. (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, a lot of us really have like growing up when I was like a young teenager, I didn't know a lot of stuff about the world. And so a lot of my views and the way that I spoke and language that I used and everything was like super not okay. Mm. But I just didn't understand. I just didn't know enough yet it's like the concept of it's okay to change your opinion Mm -hmm. as you learn new information yeah like i want to get that tattooed on my forehead totally Totally. yes yes oh man you know the author here he's saying just don't give up like if you had a conversation try try again sort of thing yeah like you've already brought this up you can probably bring it up again. Yeah, because it would take time for people to go, oh, okay, you're right. I'm going to drop all of my beliefs and have yours now. Yeah. It's not it's not that simple. No, no. And I think, I think that's too with the polarization. It's like that's what we forget about, you know. It's like it's really we're asking people to turn their worlds upside down. Um yeah which I think in a lot of ways needs to happen, desperately needs to happen. Um, But okay. So the final barrier to successful dialogue is worldview protection, which may require multiple steps to overcome. So it's like we were talking about before, you know, imagine being told that a belief you've held your entire life is wrong. Okay. And now, you know, it, it, it like it becomes a, it starts to become real scary. The problem with changing long held beliefs is that they're likely connected to other beliefs and they're going to inform this person's wor- entire worldview. So let's say your uncle Ehrlich disagrees. Ehrlich? Yes. Wow. Yeah, I know. You know what? I like Silicon Valley and I love Ehrlich. Um, <laughs> oh. Do you watch that show? I haven't. No, I don't know. Oh. I just thought you came up with a weird name. Yo. Everybody watch Silicon Valley. Oh my God. But okay. So let's say your uncle Ehrlich disagrees with the idea of gay marriage and points to the Bible as justification. So you could respond by saying that the Bible has been translated and interpreted so many times for thousands of years that it shouldn't be taken literally, but we shouldn't do this because it could seem like a valid statement to you and me, but using this is probably going to cost you the argument. Wow. Cause that's like one of my go-tos. Yeah. So he says what you do is, uh, by shifting the focus from gay marriage to the Bible, you've moved it into worldview territory. So this person's going to try to protect that. Right. So rather than challenging one belief, you've just challenged many more all at once. Often a successful strategic dialogue isn't about getting everything you want. It's about making steps in the right direction. So when you're engaged in strategic dialogue, it's helpful to know two things, what a person wants and why they want it, what a girl wants, what a girl needs. It is, it is important to know what your position and interest is in this dialogue. Um, Because that way, you know, even at the end of the conversation, if you don't come out and you're like, I've changed that person's mind. Like the thing is like, you can still come to a point where you've made some headway in the conversation because the person who has opposing views to you at least is clear on what your views are um, as well. Because I think too, when we're getting into listening and relating to each other, like that could also muddle things for, for the other person. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because they might think like, yeah. oh, you're on my side now, uh, which is actually something that I get terrified that I accidentally do because I think I'm quite a good listener. Right. But I'm so terrified of hurting somebody's feelings. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. But then it makes my blood boil to be like, I don't want you to think that I'm about that. you know like i don't want you to (laughs) Uh, um so i guess 
what is Justin saying here? He's calling this making the ask, which is essentially suggesting a first step in the right direction, one that would result in the other side adjusting and perhaps even broadening their worldview. And he just says, you know, expecting someone to completely uproot their worldviews, completely unrealistic, you know. Um, so, uh, edge them in. Yeah, that's edging. Great for porn. Great for difficult discussions. Goodness me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. It takes longer, but the satisfaction is worth it. (laughs) I'm really sorry, Ingrid. Oh, I'm so sorry to my whole family. <laughs> but it's a good metaphor. Thank you so like, much. Quite relate relevant to me. Anyway, um, yeah. Did I just kill you on edging there? I'm sorry. <laughs> you just really threw me because <laughs> it's a really good metaphor. Um. Okay, well, so um, we've talked about a lot of things. This, if you're going to go into a difficult discussion here, oh, baby, why not bring a pen and paper? I think this is such a great tip. It would feel weird initially, but the thing Mm. is, like, when we're talking about emotional regulation, you can write down what you actually, like, want to say. Right. You can have that moment of processing and um you know obviously too i think like ask the person like hey are you okay if i just like write down my thoughts as we talk about this and just and and be honest and be like i just don't want to say something i don't mean Mm -hmm. you know or like or like i understand that like what we're talking about this is really hard like you know just are you okay with me having a moment to process this um yeah 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 um so yeah i mean to sum it all up reaching across the divide to change someone's mind on an important subject is challenging um but with the tool of strategic dialogue it is possible so strategic dialogue starts with preparation which includes asking questions listening to people from the other side and learning about why they feel so strongly about their position. And when you're preparing your dialogue, keep in mind the five barriers to success, ego protection, team loyalty, comfort, misinformation, and worldview protection. Uh, Many of these barriers can be avoided by strategically crafting a narrative that makes the person on the other side of the dialogue the protagonist. So incorporate their story, avoid making them look like silly, embarrassed, foolish, what have you, and avoid condescension. Um, You can then encourage them to use small steps that will broaden their worldview. Wow. Yeah. This is going to be so helpful for like yeah. now that we're coming into the holiday season Dude, yes. in the Western world. That's mm-hmm. going to be helpful because like there's definitely conversations that I want to have with certain extended family members of mine yeah. that I'm going to approach them differently now. Yeah. So I've learned this. I even think about too, like knowing about like things like ego protection, team loyalty, comfort, all that stuff. I'm taking that into account too when people meet me with different opinions. Yeah. And think about how I'm putting up walls and why I am. Yeah. You know? But yeah, I just feel like I I can analyze it my for myself and my own life mm. and how I operate, you know. I have a better Yeah, and it's remembering that like when you're trying to have these conversations to help someone broaden their worldview, you need to be open to the fact that you may need to broaden your own. Exactly. Exactly. It's not just a these are the sneaky little steps to make someone think what you think. It's like, no, it's you're having a discussion and it goes both ways. Exactly. So you may need to listen to someone else. Exactly. Like we're we are all always going to be works in progress. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's there's no perfection. There is no perfect understanding. Like, but you know, 
I think too, this is like, the stuff is hard, but this is also like the juicy, the, the juice of life, you know, like, <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's cool. Like when you can have a really impactful discussion with somebody, whether or not they want you to understand their, their view or you want them to understand yours. Like, yeah. And even go, like going into these kinds of discussions without an agenda, like without going, you know, this is, I want to change their view on this, like having a discussion, I've got friends like, cause I'm not religious. I've got friends who are like, I've had wonderful discussions with friends about religion and just asking them like, what does it mean to you? And why is it important? And that sort of stuff and understanding that. And I think that has helped me like broaden my view and understand different things are important to different people. And that's okay. Yeah. Like my main thing is just, you can have your views mm-hmm. Uh, as long as you're not hurting anyone else with it. Yeah. It's the general thing, but yeah. it's, it's so much more complicated than that, obviously. Yeah. It's not quite that simple, but mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Oh, big yawn. Well, I think that's a perfect segue to take a quick break. Let's take a little break, babes. See you in a moment. See you in a moment. Hi, listeners. It's still us, Christina and Becky. Uh, If you didn't know, we're always down to learn about new movements, organizations, charities to support, or petitions in need of signatures. Do you know one worthy of a shout-out? Email us at areyouawakepodcast at gmail.com. Tell us why you want to see more support around a noble cause of your choice. And it could get featured on the podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. I am thirsty for social justice, baby. Yeah, we can't wait. And Becky's thirst must be quenched. But in the meantime, back to the show, ho. Deedle-deedle-doo. Jazz. We're back. <laughs> Hey, Becky, after that really long discussion, are you still up? You up? (sighs) I've lost her. She's gone. She's gone. I truly. (laughs) This is a late slumber party. (laughs) This is a late slumber party. Uh, Hello, I'm up. And goodness me. Goodness you. uh, So what? What have I learned? Yeah. Wow. Wow. First of, first of all, I would like to address happy, sad, scared, angry now that we've talked about sure it. Sure thing. Yeah. So I would do it with this, after we've talked about the discussion, I don't feel scared anymore. Yeah. I, mean, I, do, I mean, I do a smidge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say I feel more in the happy realm. Okay. And still a bit, oh, yeah, I would say happy and scared, uh-huh. but less angry. Okay, okay. Because I'm, I feel I'm still scared to have these discussions. Mm-hmm. Because even it's hard because you're like, I'm going to approach it now with this great, well, this new strategy and like listening. Yeah, doesn't mean that the other side's going to listen to yeah. you right away, and that's scared. Like getting them to break down and actually listen and be able to have that discussion. Mm-hmm. Still a bit scared about, mm-hmm. but I feel a lot more hopeful that I can have that discussion, mm-hmm. and I feel less angry. Mm-hmm. Because I'm already trying to just go like understanding someone else's worldview. Yeah. Even though some of those worldviews make me angry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I feel like a lot of it boils down to listening. Actually listening, not just waiting for them to finish talking and then saying your thing. Yeah. It's like actually listening and acknowledging what they're saying mm-hmm. and, and the worldview thing is a big one. That with the whole, with like the Bible arguments and people going, saying like, oh, the Bible shouldn't be interpreted literally and trying to, yeah, it's like, that's their whole worldview. Of course, you can't just attack everything that one person, they believe. Yeah. That's not realistic. Yeah. And it's not fair. Yeah. No, um, no. It's not fair to just say everything about you is wrong. Even if that's what you believe, mm-hmm. it's not fair no. to ask someone to do that yeah like they have to be able to have slow discussions and you, and then you both grow as people yeah this is really and I feel like this is actually helping me for how I want to approach topics on the podcast already yeah because even last week catcalling I came at that quite a bit of anger mm-hmm. which I think is somewhat valid oh yeah there's a lot of anger surrounding that yeah um but like 
it's already making me think like, oh, if I did that again, I would approach it more in this way. Mm-hmm. Or like, there's just this was a good topic. Of course, so, yay! Oh. I didn't, I didn't realize how much I was gonna learn. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> I really did it. Yeah. Like everyone, oh my gosh, go and read this book. What's it called again, Christina? Uh, Talking Across the Divide by uh, Justin Lee. By Justin Lee. I'm going to buy copies of this book <laughs> for some people in my family and make us all read it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. I know. <laughs> and then we can have discussion. Yeah. I just I just love how it's like it's like now it's a roadmap and I'm like, okay, this would be – this will be challenging, but yeah, at least I know how to go about it now instead of becoming like this like – emotional bubble that just doesn't know what to do is just like yeah and it's hard because I feel like normally if I went into that discussion I just need to prep a bunch of facts Uh so that I can prove them wrong Mm -hmm. and when they try and argue something I can be like no that's wrong because of this Mm -hmm. but then I get emotional and stressed out and I forget and it's like someone will say so you know do you have this when someone says something and you're like I've seen someone argue against this point before Uh and I know that you're wrong Uh And I know that there's a good reason why, and I can't remember exactly what the reason is, or I can't articulate mm-hmm. it, and it's really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, this, to some degree, removes a bit of that pressure of just like I have to counter yeah. everything you say, yeah. and it's because you're listening. Yeah, I think the main thing is just listening and not attacking people and being able to have just grounded conversations. It's not like, I'm attacking you and every fiber of you as a person. It's mm-hmm. more like we're discussing a topic that we have different views on. It, it's like it's the same thing. If you show someone a creative piece of work that you've done and they say, I don't like this and this about it, that doesn't mean you're a bad person, you're a bad artist, you're an untalented, you're a piece of shit. Like, no, it just means those couple of things there need some work. Yeah. It's not about you. It's about the thing. And that with a lot of these kinds of discussions, it's not about you as a person are terrible because you've thought this or done this or Mm -hmm. whatever. It's like you're just people talking about things. Finding the humanity in everybody, right? Oh, I was going to say too, by listening to them and saying you can empathize with them on like, you know, maybe feeling like financially unstable as an example, Mm. you're also not condoning that belief that they're talking about which I think is important to say too so yeah like like the author said like make sure you do state where you're coming from Mm -hmm. well is it time to get into some segments I reckon it is I reckon it is do you have um something nice or something spice or I have a something nice I do let's do something nice something very nice in this, you know, time of COVID, it's been hard to like see friends or socialize, etc. Um, but at the moment, there's like I think eight cases in the city where I live. Damn. And like basically none in my hometown, the city. And one of my best friends in the whole world, um, is coming to Aww. visit me, and she gets here tonight, and I'm I'm so excited. Ebony, Ebony listens. She's a she supports. She's an Ingrid. She's um, uh, she is coming to visit and I'm so excited. We both just had COVID tests. Like we're being, it's all safe, etc. She's got like something else on in Sydney in a little while. And so she's like, I'll just come early and like hang out with you. And I'm so excited to have a person. That's so lovely. So I'm not just by myself in my apartment all the time. Oh, <sighs> oh my gosh. It's so exciting. I have, I've got like a list on my phone in my notes that's like, Things to do with Ebony oh while she's God. here. <laughs> I love it. What are you guys going to do? What's what? Um, we're going to, I want to do, have you seen those ghost photo shoots? No. That people are doing at the moment. They are the cutest thing in the world. It's like people wear a, what they like put on a big white sheet, like a ghost, like a ghost costume. Yeah. And then they cut out the eye holes, like that whole thing. And then they just like, they take these photos that they kind of look like they're on a disposable camera or something. Okay. Energy type to them. Um, Of a ghost just like sitting on a bench or like on the swings of the playground or like standing in the middle of the street. And they're so cute. There's a lot of them on TikTok. Oh, um, okay. And they're just the cutest things ever. And then I was like, oh my God, Ebony's going to be here. We might get my other friend Katie as well. We can take ghost photos. Oh, man. 
and I'm very excited. So that's, and we also want to do some a monochrome day where we like go have a picnic and we both pick a color and we dress in like all of that color. Oh my God. But like in a stylish way, you know? Oh, you guys are so and fun. And like take cute photos. I'm so excited. And we're going to make earrings. Oh my God. It's be magical. It's going to be just, but I do have to clean my apartment yeah. in the next five hours before she gets here. Um, you can do it. I believe in you. I'm so excited. <laughs> anyway, that's why something nice oh. is Ebony's coming. That's so cute. Mine is like similar on the opposite end. Um, my friend, I call her Sleen. Don't ask. But Celine, <laughs> Celine is coming over because so my partner, he had to fly back to Ohio because unfortunately his parents aren't doing well and he's an angel. So he's gone mm-hmm. to go help them out, take care of them. Um, so I've been by myself, but Celine's coming over for a sleepover. So oh the slumber party does not stop here. Um, I was just thinking, though, I love how like you and Ebony are going to make earrings. Thing is, like Celine's always like, she she's always like hey let's craft and i'm like cool yes let's craft oh my god but then she gets too drunk to craft <laughs> and i'll be there crafting and getting so upset with her like i tried to arrange this whole like um you know like like if you went to summer camp and stuff like if you um you would bead like geckos and stuff Oh, I've seen those. I haven't made one, but I've seen, I know what you mean. Yeah. I love making that shit. And I was trying to do that with her. And she was like, I just, I can't. This is complicated. (laughs) She's going to be so mad I'm doing this voice. She sounds nothing like this. I just do this voice for her. She sounds nothing like it. Yeah, Christina always does hilarious voices for people. And it cracks me up so much. (laughs) You just put on a voice for someone and you're like, I haven't said anything like them. I don't know yeah. why I just did that voice for them, but and then it and then it just consistently becomes the voice that you always do. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I feel like that voice came up for Flame because like she's so like loving and wants the best for people, but she's also very much like when she's like no more, it's like no more. We're like, <laughs> she's done. But I, I'm so excited for her to come over. She really wants to make me watch um, High School Musical with her. She, oh my gosh. She's told me she can't watch it alone. The funny part is, though, is like when High, high School Musical came out, like I was not a fan. Oh my gosh. <laughs> at all. But, um, you know, I think uh, it'll be nostalgic. So I wanted to tell you, I'm also going to go to a pumpkin patch tomorrow. <laughs> Basic <gasps> ass bitch, but I'm going. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Also, don't you dare call yourself a basic ass bitch for enjoying something <laughs> that's fun. It is really fun. Enough yeah. of that. Enough okay. of that. No. <laughs> no. You're allowed to enjoy pumpkins. They're cute. They are cute. Oh, they're so cute. They are cute and they are fun. Oh, Last thing I wanted to note, just because we were talking so much about the U.S. election, there's actually two elections going on right now in B.C. where I live. We have an election, too. So I wanted to just bring out like some simple information for people. So uh, for our listeners in the U.S., um, if you need to register to vote, um, Stephen Colbert and his team put together this really awesome website. It's called betternoaballot.com. So that's uh, B-E-T-T-E-R. K-N-O-W-A-B-A-L-L-O-T dot com. And it's awesome because you can just choose whichever state you live in and you click on it and they have a little video for you explaining how to register. And then they have options like, are you going to do it by mail, in person? Um, Do you live abroad? All these other things. So I just thought that was such a good resource. Yeah. There's also um iwillvote.com. It's not as fun as Better Know Ballot, but you know, it gets the job done. <laughs> <laughs> um and then so for BC, um y'all should have gotten your little um I have here on my screen my little my little voting pamphlet. So nice. Oh cute. Um we're having a provincial election and um so you should have gotten your pamphlet Make sure you're doing your research on the different parties in BC, um, but also so you can register to vote, go to elections.bc.ca to get that set up. 
So it says voting places are going to be open from October 15th to the 21st and on election day, which is on October 24th. Um, so you can also go find out where you're going to vote at where to vote dot elections dot BC dot CA. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel like I should have prepared some Australian voting resources. Now. That's okay. I don't know. Do you guys have an election happening? I like never know when they're happening. And then suddenly someone will just say it's happening. I'm like, oh, crap. Okay, sure. Uh, um, yeah, RBC election. This is a snap election. They just randomly called it all of a sudden. Yeah. The term's not even up. happening and you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. The main thing is make sure you've got the correct address um, in Australia for the electoral roll. It's literally the easiest thing to do. I double-checked the other day because I was panicking that I hadn't done it when I moved to Sydney, but I did, thankfully. I googled change my address electoral roll and like the first one that comes up is change my name or address Australian Electoral Commission um, or if you go to the aec.gov.au website and then go enroll update my details it's like so easy you just go update my details online and it will let you change it you don't have to do anything all you need is your some kind of ID like your driver's license number or something and you just put in your address and then it will like it just it texted me the next day and went, "Yep, yeah, you're all good, done." That's like, it awesome. Was so fast. You don't have to provide. It's not like a whole bunch of documents you have to prepare or anything. Yeah. You just do it. It's really fast. Okay, guys, it's sleepy weepy time. It is. And also, I wanted to quickly say thank you to everyone who listened to our first episode. Yeah. Um, because everyone was people were really nice about it and uh, support. Like it means so much. Like it truly does. It's just it's the nicest thing ever. Um. And we're really grateful. Oh man! We're all for like being supportive and listening to us saying words <laughs> at you because yeah. we're really enjoying it. Um, and it's it's a big learning curve with yeah. this kind of stuff, but it's just nice to be able to do something that's fun and creative. And yeah, I just want to get a little bit a little bit gushy there and just tell you that we're grateful. Yeah, and like thank you. And if you do want to like support us, you can. You know, download the episodes and like yeah. give us the reviews. Yeah, on, on Apple Podcasts, all that jazz. You know, all that thing. You know how it be. Um, yeah, thanks so much to all the Ingrids. You yeah. guys are amazing. Thank you. You're all the best. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. XOXO. Goodbye. Goes <laughs> Bye. Bye. We're so happy you took the time to get comfy with us. And if you could hit that subscribe button, that would be absolutely dreamy. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you love to listen. Plus, you can follow us online. We are at Are You Awake Podcast on Instagram and at Are You Awake Pod on Twitter. And thank you so much to Felix Roberts, who wrote our adorable jingle. Check out his music at FE7IX on Instagram. Okay, everybody. Good night. And we'll be back next week. Good night.